today is from James 4, 1 through 10. What is the source of conflict among you? What is the source of your disputes? Don't they come from your cravings that are at war in your own lives? You long for something you don't have, so you commit murder. You are jealous for something you can't get, so you struggle and fight. You don't have because you don't ask. You don't ask and don't have because you ask with evil intentions to waste it on your own cravings. You unfaithful people, don't you know that friendship with the world means hostility toward God? So whoever wants to be the world's friend becomes God's enemy. Or do you suppose that scripture is meaningless? Doesn't God long for our faithfulness in the life he has given to us? But he gives us more grace. This is why it says, God stands against the proud but favors the humble. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will run away from you. Come near to God, and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. Cry out in sorrow, mourn and weep. Let your laughter become mourning and your joy become sadness. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. This is the word of the Lord. Right now, he's probably buying her some fruity little drink.
we're, um, Doris, we're working on getting the, the thing to turn on and connect. We have a thing for Doris to make sure she can hear. Okay, how many people were listening to the song, know the song, and you're like, yeah, get it, right? Oh my gosh, so in 2005, Carrie Underwood released this song, and it spent 64 consecutive weeks at the top of both country and pop music charts, never before done right? That year, it won two Grammys. The song went seven times platinum. That means it sold seven million copies. And after the end of the first decade, that song was ranked in the top 25 of all country music songs of the decade, right behind Carrie Underwood's other big hit, Jesus Take the Wheel. You cannot make this stuff up. <laughs> right. But her angry anthem gets the last word because that song of revenge and anger outsold Jesus Take the Wheel by three and a half times and is still her number one song to date. So what does that tell us? We love to get angry. <laughs> That the world, as James says in our scripture here today, the world tells us that we have this great, let's, let's try this out. The world tells us that the favorite, best, how are we doing, Doris? Can you hear me now? Excellent. That the best response to our hurts, our disappointments, our betrayals, is to get really angry about it. So we've been doing, uh, Reverend Liliana started us with last week with a four-week series on healing hurts, and now she's going to explain what we are doing, and then I'll be back with the rest of the homily. So I feel like the commercial boss here. <laughs> Um, uh, how many of you were here last week? Okay, so you know the drill, and you probably participated last week. For all of you who uh, hear about this for the first time or see it for the first time, those tables on both sides of the platform have pieces of fabric in the, um, in the basket. We have, last week it was in the box, the fabric, and in the basket, the result, but now we switched it, apparently. So, um, never mind. In the baskets, there are pieces of fabric. On the table, there are Sharpies. You come forward after the message, uh, during the reflection time. Uh, if you so will, you come forward, sit at the table, pick up a Sharpie and a piece of fabric, and write there. Write. What do you write? A thought, a feeling, a prayer, uh, whatever comes to mind in relationship to pain you have suffered or are still trying to process. Um, mainly, we were motivated to do this 
by the events that transpired in the church last year with the departure of Pastor Ben. Um, but I realize that there are many of you who were not a part of that because as we celebrated a few weeks ago, um, in the last year, we received 15 new members. So if you were not part of that uh, and still want to come and write on the piece of fabric, write about a pain that really hurts you in your life. Uh, that is part of the human condition. Pain is part of the human condition. So if it was not caused by, by the, the losing of your pastor last year, it may have been uh, brought about by any other thing. In any case, we invite you to participate. These pieces of fabric will be used by our uh, visual artists, artists in the congregation, which we have many, to create a piece of art. The piece of art will be beautiful and it will contain your thoughts, prayers, and feelings. Uh, nobody will read those. Uh, the artist will twist the, the fabric and weave it into mesh. So uh, when the piece of art is um, displayed, nobody will be able to approach it and try to read what people wrote. Um, but it's a contention mechanism. We will keep that there as God keeps our thoughts, prayers, and feelings um, close to God's heart. So that piece of art will be displayed on uh, during our uh, lament uh, lamentation service, which will be uh, September 27 at 7 p.m. And so, by the way, start putting it in your calendar. And if you choose to participate, we'll be happy to be together for that candlelight service. Thank you. Maya, would, would you take us back to the scripture in part because it helps me keep track of where I'm at? When Liliana and I, were, we were talking about having me contribute to this series, um, I, I, I knew pretty quickly it, it needed to be the week we were talking about anger. Um, I was hospitalized for three and a half months uh, from a major traumatic accident where I was hit by a semi-truck driver who never even touched the brakes. I had arrived in an emergency room with eyes fixed and dilated, no pulse, not breathing, and he didn't get a speeding ticket. Five months after that night, I was at home, and I had been home for a month and a half on home health care with a home health nurse who came every couple of weeks, or every couple, twice a week, excuse me, and a physical therapist who came, I called it medical house arrest. <laughs> I still had bandages all, especially on my backside and tubes coming out of my body because my pelvis had been essentially folded in half. Um, the day 
that the nurse came and removed all of the bandages from my backside and, and the, the drainage tubes and all of these things. I was home alone. This is actually harder to talk about than I thought it would be, uh, to be honest. And I worked up the courage to go look in the mirror at what had happened, at what had been bandaged for five months. And what I saw, I was not prepared for. And that made me angry. I was angry that nobody had prepared me for the shock. I was angry that nobody had explained to me what was going to happen, that nobody had prepared me for this feelings that I had. See, as part of saving my life, because I, I developed sepsis in the ICU, and I was raced into one of the over 20 major surgeries that I had, they went in and they removed all of the gluteal muscles on the left side, gluteus maximus, minimus, medius, all gone, which makes me a half-assed preacher. <laughs> James here writes, what is the source of our anger? What is the source of our conflict? Is it not the disputes that are inside us? Is it not the war that is raging internally? Right? And when we feel hurt, when we feel betrayed, when we feel disappointed, getting angry in a situation where we feel powerless, getting angry tricks us into thinking that we have power. Anger makes us believe that we can have more power with a Louisville slugger than with letting Jesus take the wheel. Right? But that kind of anger, that response that just reflexively comes up and what we do with that is not God's way. See, if we go to the next slide there, Maya, James talks here about the difference between the world's way and God's way. The world says, yeah, girl, you should definitely go and beat that truck up. But God's ways are different. God calls us to respond to our hurts, anger, disappointment, in a way that the world does not tell us to do. And in fact, James knows this so well that two sentences before our passage today, we started it, James 4, 1. Two sentences earlier, James 3, 17, says, 
But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruit, without a trace of partiality or hypocrisy. I had actually memorized that passage years before the accident because I love a good list. <laughs> if you don't know that passage, I recommend it. James gives it to us as a litmus test for whether or not we are being wise, for whether or not we are being who we say we are. But wait, there's more. Because here's another excellent list. The fruit of the Spirit, but from the wisdom from above is first pure, peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits. What are those fruits? What does that mean? Galatians 5, 22 to 23. And this one I know from singing in VBS. Maybe you know it. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. The fruit of the Spirit is faithfulness, gentleness, and... Ding, ding, ding. We... <laughs> That's right. Self-control. Now, I am not suggesting that we can control a reflexive emotion, the anger that just rises up. I'm not suggesting that anger as an emotion is not bad. And in many, many cases, we need anger. We should be angry about injustices. We should be angry about abuse. We should be angry about many things. And we can even be angry about our hurts, our disappointments, our feelings of betrayal. It's what we do with that anger. It's who we rely on when we experience that anger. That's what matters. Even Jesus got angry. But we, as this passage shows us, We, we may need to go to the next slide. Friendship, no, there it is. We are friends with the almighty God. Friends. We're friends with the almighty God. And do you know what that means? It means that as corny as it sounds, we really can't let Jesus take the wheel. <laughs> right? We can go to the next slide there, Maya. So the truth, the truth is, it took me a long time to even admit that I was angry about my butt. It took me a long time to even admit it. And you might be sitting there thinking, I'm not angry. I don't get angry. First of all, you're lying. Or, so in my case, in that one particular case, 
if I admitted that I was angry, if I really looked at it, then I would have to admit that I was angry at people who I love, who were doing the best that they could in incredibly hard circumstances. And that was hard to admit. But not looking at the anger doesn't make it go away. That's like the kid who covers their eyes and says, you can't see me. Not looking at the anger doesn't make it go away. And James knew this. That's why James says to let your laughter become mourning, to cry out in sorrow. See, I didn't look at my anger. Instead, I made jokes in which I was the punchline. I literally became the butt of my own jokes. This is a hard passage when we read it. Steve and I were talking about this. It's kind of a hard one to reconcile because it sounds like James wants us to be miserable. But that's not it. James doesn't want us to be miserable. He is calling, calling all of us to submit. And what does that mean? It's like my dog when she submits and she rolls over and shows her belly. That soft underbelly, that being vulnerable, our hurts, our disappointments, betrayals, they reveal our vulnerabilities. And all that anger protects us. It makes us feel powerful. When if we revealed our vulnerabilities, we feel powerless. And James is to saying here, submit, roll over, show that soft underbelly. Turn your laughter into mourning. He's calling us to lament. Because real healing of hurts, real healing, not suppressing it, not stuffing it down deep, not ignoring it, not looking away, but real healing takes looking at it, owning it, lamenting it. And the promise here, the promise is that when we lament, when we cry out and humble ourselves before the Lord, he will lift us up. Amen.